0: Hello, everyone. This is Isaac Petrie. Welcome to the podcast. Be ready to be encouraged and enlightened as we discuss spiritual solutions
1: for everyday life.
0: Knowing, of course, slavery, Jim Crow, segregation, all of the things, our great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents, grandparents, all of those. And some of our parents even had to deal with, which was real Mm -hmm. you know, racism, real, um, segregation, real discrimination. Mm -hmm. Um, once I came alone though in you Mm -hmm. and some of you will, will, will be able to identify with this. I was born in
1: 1969
0: and, uh, Matter of fact, birthday is tomorrow. uh, Be remiss, (laughs) be remiss if I
1: didn't plug that. Wow! What? No, no. Hey, it's your thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just hey, hey, birthday is tomorrow. (laughs) And so, um, and I was born in 1969. Raised, so I'm, so I am. My childhood is in the 70s. You know, my teenage years are in the 80s. Yeah. I grew up watching sitcoms, Mm. like. Archie Bunker, mm. the Jeffersons. Mm. I grew up when, when, when there Fred was
1: G Sanford.
0: Yeah. Oh Sanford Lord, you don't want Sanford. even to yeah. talk about Fred. Oh yeah, <laughs> Fred G Sanford, <laughs> Red Fox Sanford. Yeah. When racial tensions were not that high at all. Mm. I just thought about it. because we grew up watching these sitcoms and movies and. They explored the subject matter with Yeah, humor. and yeah. We, lo- we were laughing about it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, George and Jefferson calling people honkies. Oh, yeah. And, oh. and Archie Bunker even oh. using it. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, he, he uses some, some terminology that if you did it today, wow. I mean, good God. So the, the question is we laughed about it. It was funny. Oh, it yeah. was. Out in the open. And, and then when there was blatant racism or whatever, it was dealt with. Sure. But it was compartmentalized. Yeah. It wasn't everybody. It wasn't everything. It, it, we didn't come to school fussing about it. Did you see that episode? Did you hear what he said? There was a... So, what happened? Over the last 30 years since I grew up, came out of school where there were there were sitcoms about it, there was movies, there were jokes. If you were a stand-up comedian, oh yeah, because I I mean you're... I mean all they talked about were racial issues, yeah. people laughed, there was no there was no hysteria. Mm-hmm. So what happened because because society has gotten better mm-hmm. even than it was back then from a standpoint of opportunities and people being able to achieve over the years I'm telling you, man, uh, um, America is open. And so my question is, what what went wrong? What happened so that the last 10 years, so to speak, ain't ain't none of that funny no more? You can't laugh. You can't talk about it. You can't say it. Mm. You can't even mention anything close to it. You can't even... You get canceled, you lose your TV show, you lose your contracts, you lose... What happened to where everybody got so insensitive about it, Mm -hmm. but yet there was no massive movements to crack down on laws concerning... I'm going to tell you what I believe it is. Mm -hmm. It's called media. Mm -hmm. It's called social media. Mm -hmm. It's called all of this... This pressure now that's coming from media. Hadn't anything changed? And I've been on this planet all this time. Hadn't anything changed from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, 2000s coming up to this? Hadn't anything that I know of where I can look out and see that there has been laws, governance, Anything that has gotten worse from that standpoint of when I grew up and came through and became an adult than it is now. Mm -hmm. But yet, now it's a powder keg. Now, I mean, you can't, if they they can go back retrospectively and find something you said Mm -hmm. and just fire you on the spot for something you said 20 years ago. When 20 years ago, we were we were laughing. Wow. 20, 20, 25 years ago, we were watching TV. We we were talking. I mean, in school, we were laughing. We were talking. And so that just dawned on me. You don't necessarily have to come up with an answer, but I would no, no. like to hear what you got to say. And no. then just thinking out loud, when he said sitcom, I thought about all of that. Yeah. That we had sitcoms, grew up, wasn't nobody offended, wasn't nobody mad, wasn't nobody fighting, and all of that, but now... I mean, they're going back, taking
1: down movies and, and yeah. all kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a real, it's a real uh, mind twister. Um, and, and really, I, I don't have an answer for it that, that wouldn't take a lot of time to really dig. And I don't like speaking about it. Well, because it's really not a Bible thing yeah, we're I, dealing with. I'm just, it just <laughs> came
0: off the top of my head when but, you but said it would sound like a sitcom. But I
1: think you're, I think you're spot on in your, your observation. now. It's not to excuse the racist behavior of an Archie Bunker or the scripts, or the... You know, it's not to excuse any of that, to say that that was in some kind of way right, necessarily. But it spoke to a culture and a society that was able to deal with a much lighter hand with, their race, with the racist past right. in America. Um, I remember when I came along uh, in the 1980s was, was my formative years, growing up, born in 1976... Uh, The preeminent voice as a comedian for my age group at the time was Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was, and he's considered today a legend, being a a black comedian that really kind of broke through when he came onto SNL. And he was, you know, you you watch Saturday Mm -hmm. Night Live to see Eddie. (laughs) You know, we did. And so, but he would tackle subjects where he would be in whiteface. Yeah. And he would go on, do skits in Whiteface. His stand-up, which I was not really allowed to watch. I could only see Eddie on his movies, in a, you know, because his stand-up yeah, was much more you, we raw. Could, yeah, we couldn't, couldn't let you watch. We couldn't let you I watch. I was too yeah. young. I was too no, young you to you take that in. <laughs> No, well, Murphy, you couldn't watch Raw. No. Yeah, Murphy, we couldn't let you do that. No. Delirious, I believe it was, no. or something like that. No, uh, but. We couldn't let you do that. No. We were trying no. to keep you sanctified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was different. Of course, I was too young to be taking that in anyway. In a reasonable sense. No young person of my age right. at the time should have been watching something like that. But, but even in that, though, he tackled racial issues to an audience that was not just necessarily dominantly black. Right. White people laughed at the racism. Black people laughed at the racism. They were able to handle it with a certain degree of uh, acknowledge it's wrong, acknowledge the past evil, acknowledge not giving it a pass, but at the same time, how do we move forward if we're gonna be so sensitive? And that's you know the point I'm
0: trying to make. The tensions yeah. were not there.
1: I yeah. mean like you said, nobody's
0: excusing it. I yeah. mean of course. But there was there was a more of a harmony. Oh yeah, you know, and the tension.
1: And Richard Pryor would just what? absolutely split people's <laughs> wigs about it. I mean, uh,
0: what you know about Richard Pryor? Look, you, I, I you, wasn't at home the whole time. <laughs> I had friends that, that had a little more. How you know in Richard Pryor? What, did, boy, I didn't do my job if you know who Richard Pryor is. I know him. If, I know, boy, oh, wait I know, till I tell my whole life. I'm gonna tell mama. Wait lot, till children. I tell mama you were sneaking around my, watching Richard Pryor. My, my
1: history. Listen <laughs> my, my historical uh database goes deep <laughs> I, I i got them all and uh, and i but i understand it I, and i and i get it but and what you said really is a really interesting observation to make because today no one could argue no one can make the argument that we're dealing with more racism than we've dealt with in the past. Right. But yet today it was handled different. But yet today there is just this this campaign to almost write things that really cannot be righted in the way that we're going about it. And I and I think if we're not careful, we're going to artificially tear something up that's really good. We could have moved beyond this. And and part of the things the reason I think a lot of this happens is because over the course of time and this is an uncomfortable conversation to have with a lot of people, but the issue of race has become a political uh, uh, power play or something politically useful for any type of racket politicians want to run. It's Mm. a means for leverage. It's a means for guilting people. It's a means for mobilizing grievances to move the needle to make people vote and behave a certain way. And so when something becomes politically useful... There is not a whole lot of interest in really eradicating it. Oh, my God. And so as far as mm. I'm concerned, this wow. is what we have, to, we have to separate ourselves from this emotional vortex that we're getting sucked into. And actually sit back as rational thinking people. Because good decisions cannot be made based on emotion. You have to make good decisions based on a mixture of conscience and intellectual rigor. You have to be able to look at something and think. Mm -hmm. And then conscience, which should be buttressed to truth or the word of God, right? And so you take those things to make decisions, and we need to pull back emotionally and look at it panoramically as to sometimes looking at some uncomfortable features, some things that own all sides of the racial argument to really move us forward if we're interested in moving forward, right? And see, that's why I say where politics is concerned, I'm not so sure people are interested in moving forward because I think constantly keeping the grievances of people ever before them is politically advantageous for them. Mm, which is sad. Wow. Well, we didn't even mean to talk about that,
0: but when he mentioned sitcom, those of you that are just joining us, we um, well, started out truth, at the very top of the show. Where I said this is Isaac, and he said this is I, and I said, we are the Petries. He was like, "Man, you sound like a sitcom." And so that and made
1: me. think and You know, what, even I don't mean to cut you off again, but he reminds me of the Wayans brothers because now this is more closer to my time. You, yeah. you may have been yeah. out of the game by then. No, no, yeah.
0: I, I but was, they had, I was, they, I was uh, like sanctified they, when, the, when the Wayans came along. I was preaching. I was in the church. I, I came out of the world. I was, <laughs> I was out of the world and separate. Then I was, I was sanctified under God. But no, I know the they, Wayans they had that
1: jingle where they come out and say we're brothers we're happy and we're singing and we're colored and Mm -hmm. you know and they were it was a play on race Mm -hmm. right and so when you were saying that I was thinking about the same thing but it just goes to show that over the course of time there has been the ability for us to kind of be able to kind of deal with these things with a little less sensitivity uh, than we're doing today.
0: Yeah. And we understand, you know, the horrific things that have happened here just the last few weeks. And so that has mounted the tensions Mm -hmm. and ratcheted it up, you know, at a a level that's that's very, very um, disturbing. But the bottom line to this is we're fixing to dive into the Word of God to deal with the spirit of division because that's what it is. Oh yeah. And we need to we need to define it the way the Bible defines it, deal with it the way the Bible says deal with it so we can stop Satan from trying to steal the destiny of a nation. Because that's what it's about. It's about Satan trying to destroy the destiny of nations, the destiny of people, the destiny of individuals. We have one enemy, and according to Ephesians chapter number six, it is spiritual wickedness. We have a spirit. Now, one of the things that we have to lay as groundwork, number one, to overcome these things is that, number one, these things are spiritual. Meaning they have a spiritual origin, which means... these types of feelings of hatred or or supremacy or or, or, um, spirits that I'm better than are really rooted in spiritual things. They're rooted in pride. They're rooted in spiritual causes. So if the whole matter is spiritual, if we don't address it on a spiritual level, we can never eradicate it. We can never understand it. First of all, we can never deal with it. Mm-hmm. So now, all spiritual things have an origin then from a spiritual source. Yeah. And there are not but two spiritual sources. <laughs> there is the Spirit of God where you can bring in God, you can bring in Jesus, you can say the Holy Spirit, you can talk about the kingdom or the church or whatever. So there's a whole spiritual entity that deals with a realm that's governed by God. And then you have the kingdom of darkness, which is Satan and demon spirits and ideologies that are against God, spirit of antichrist, hatred, Mm. um, murder, all of those things. And so we dealt with that in Galatians, that you got the works of the flesh last week and you got the works of the spirit. And so coming out of people who are under the influence of the kingdom of darkness is going to come all of these ways of thinking. And they're not, they are not defined to one race of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is just a way of thinking, period. It'll be in your own race. It'll be among your own, as they say, your own kind. Mm -hmm. It is the, the spirit's that govern people who are in the flesh. Satan can only use what is fallen. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so he has to use a fallen earth to get a virus through. Mm-hmm. And he has to use fallen people to get division through. Yeah. And so we have to understand this is spiritual. So now, if this is spiritual, then you have to have the Word of God to address it because his word is spirit. His word addresses spiritual things. Mm. And so two things we're going to dive in on today. We're going to dive in on the spirit of division and the love of God, Mm. because those are the only ways to deal with the whole situation of this. So when it comes to the vision, Galatians chapter number three, verse number 26, it says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And now this is crucial because when you go back and you read Galatians, you will understand that there was tension between the Jews and the Gentiles because, the, because it had been a Jewish covenant all these years, but Christ dies and now Gentiles are coming into it. Absolutely. And, and so now there has to be this renewing of the mind among the Jewish people about the whole doctrine of Christ because it changed so much, you know, from law to grace, you know, and just, just I don't want to get too much in theological situation, but, but there was there was tensions from that standpoint because now Gentiles had become fellow heirs of the covenant with the Jewish people, Amen. and so Christ came. And he removed all of the lines of division and distinction and separation between the Jew and the Gentile. Mm. So Galatians is a book that explains that greatly. Romans is a book that describes that greatly. And so now that the Jews have been brought in and now there's justification by faith, Galatians is Paul telling the Galatians don't go back to traditional Mm. Judaism teaching. Everything now has to shift to in Christ. Mm. And don't let anybody pull you back into a post-Christ religion.
1: That's heavy, man.
0: Everything has to start now from Christ. So forget about, Mm. not necessarily forget about the old covenant, but put it in its proper context that it is no more applicable now that Christ has come. You're under a new covenant. And so now he's telling us that we are all one in Christ. So that's the backdrop of all of this. Mm-hmm. And it says for as many verse number 27 in Galatians 3:27 for as many of you that were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. Mm. And if you're in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and you are heirs according to the promise. Mm -hmm. And so when Jesus came in, he opened this thing up to everybody, Jews and Gentiles and say, now you all got to function like your brothers because you are now a new family. You're a new creation. You are one in me. So you can never see yourselves as Jews or -hmm. Gentiles. You can't see yourself as male or female, bond or free. Now, you were the first person I heard break this down about race, cla- um, class, and gender, mm-hmm. which is where every spirit of division <laughs> Just it. in the earth is divided alone. Mm-hmm. It's either racial, it's either class, or it's either gender. So speak to that a little bit.
1: Well, yeah, it's, pre- it's pretty <clears throat> self-explanatory on his face, but I want to I point something out. When you, look at, when you look at Jew and Greek, okay, we're talking race. Mm-hmm. When you get to bond and free, you can speak of status or class, right. so to speak. Now, when you get into class and in classism, this is where the divisions even start to intersect and, and involve race, intra-racially. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You know, it's... it's it's, it's where you'll find in societies where everybody looks the same, where you go to China, where you're in India, mm-hmm. any other places on the face of the earth, and there's still massive classism. Right. Uh, there was a group in India um, where there is no, not this racial issue, so to speak, but there was a group in India called the Untouchables. And some people, historians have said, where in America, where when black people couldn't sit at the front of the bus, the untouchables were not permitted to sit, period. Mm-hmm. They could not, they were literally untouchable. And I, I bring that up only because there is no race component there. Right. So we're dealing with, we're just dealing with, yeah, yeah, we're dealing just with just the spirit, the spirit of division. We're, we're dealing with this tendency inside of man to want to construct a caste system, regardless of, of, uh, of race being a part of it or not. And race is one of the easiest things in the world to To ascertain, and of course, the history we have in America really, of course, informs that very heavily. So you've got race, you've got class, you've got gender. And here the the apostle Paul, just like you so beautifully said, he lets the Galatians know that now that Christ is come, all of those identifiers, right, everything that contributed to your identity, right? And the apostle Paul is not preaching this. He's living it himself because right. he goes on in, in, in uh, Philippians and he says to the church at Philippi, talks about his genealogy, what he was and what things that were gained to him. He counted lost or right. done, right. right? Because he wanted to win this, this prize. surpassing yeah. prize, right, yeah. of being found in him, yeah. right? And so... If the church. <laughs> man,
0: listen. Oh, I sense the Woo! anointing of the Holy Ghost on that thing hit my spirit. And see, this yeah, is, what things were gained I to me, I counted, counted lost, lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Yes. Boy, you shouldn't have said that scripture, yes, sir. Now you got me wanting to yeah, turn. Let, let's, to it go. Start let's, let's go. Let's go. Oh,
1: oh my God. Because it, it needs to be talked oh, about. Oh,
0: man. This is the book of Philippians, and we hadn't planned on going here, but we. you, you, you need to look at this, Philippians. This is, of course, chapter 3. Yeah, chapter number 3. I mean, he starts out that whole chapter, but go on down and skip down. So, Philippians so, 3. Phili- write that on the screen for the people who are going to be watching it later.
1: So, in Philippians 3, of course, he begins really in the first verse of mm-hmm. Philippians 3, but he goes down through talking about his pedigree, talking about his his uh, adherence to the law, how he prospered above the fellows in his own nation. He was right. excellent at what he did. What he did. And uh, so, in Hebrew,
0: so, a Pharisee, a Pharisee, a
1: Pharisee. He gives his... He gives his his, of course, ethnic background, he gives everything here. And he talks about his zeal for all of those things and how he came behind nobody, Yeah, right? So this is a man who... who he called, was ahead of his class. Oh, he was the head of his class. And Pharisees. Of his, of his, his whole nation, he said. And his race yeah. Yeah. and his pedigree. Second to none. Right. Second to none. But he says in verse 7, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost... For Christ. Woo! Now, see, this is a, this, God, is a this Philippians thing. three and seven. So, this is a powerful thing here because it's one thing to say what things were detrimental to you. <laughs> you would give up. Everybody has got some stuff in their past that is easy to walk away from. Wow. But he's talking about walking away from what brought him gain, what made him what he was. What brought him notoriety, what brought him status. He said, All of that, my God, I'm counting it as refuse. Wow. <laughs> so so he's he, he's talking about the, the beauty of finding Christ. He says in, in verse 8, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung. He said, I lost it, but it you know waste to me anyway. That I may win Christ mm. and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Now, notice what he says here. I want to be found in him, not having my own righteousness. Yeah. A lot of what we see in the use of race and divisions in our society, Wow. is an attempt wow. at a finding my own righteousness, mm, mm, mm. right? It is a form of salvation for people. It is a form of redemption for people. It has become a really a new religion. This is like they just find
0: their identity yeah, in... Oh, yeah, absolutely. No matter what race it is. Absolutely,
1: I mean, and even in this, this, new, this new time of social justice, which is something that I think we as the church we should be very uh, we should investigate it before mm-hmm. we just so uh freely join in on these these all these campaigns because it is almost like a new religion mm. right it it has an original sin of white privilege we got to we got to stamp it out no matter what it has its own it really kind of has its own doctrine right and so It's a way for people to kind of exonerate themselves from sin and the sins of the past and the sins of a nation, which is something you'd have to do no matter where you were because there's Mm -hmm. sins in all of them, right? And so Paul here is saying, look, I have decided to leave all of these things that contributed to my idea of what was right, Mm. and I've decided to be found only in the righteousness that God prescribes and offers through Christ Jesus. Wow. And this is why I said in the last episode what I said, that all roads lead to Jesus for, the, for the, the healing of all of this. Because if we don't accept what God offers us in Christ, there is literally, it's not figurative, it's not church talk, there is literally no way out of the room. There is. There, there is no other exit given to man. Wow. There is no other exit out of this. He is the only one, I, I want to I turn back to a, a verse of Scripture because we, 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 we got we to gotta show some uh, Scripture to do this. This is Ephesians 2, and just a few, a few uh, verses of Scripture here, and then I'll, I'll uh, of course, I'll recede and let you, let you say what you want to say here. It says in Ephesians 2 and 11, it says, Wherefore remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. He is. Mm. Who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of petition between us. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances for to make in himself of twain or two, one new man. Right. And so making peace that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Yeah. So now Jesus comes and he is the ultimate reconciler. He's the only reconciler. And he bridges the gulf between Jew and Gentile, yeah, which is far greater than the gulf yeah. between black oh, yeah. and white. right? Because at the end of the day, you have to believe in the brotherhood of all mankind. But the Jewish people were God's covenant people mm-hmm. and covenant people for thousands of years. Yeah. And we come up to this point where Jesus comes, dies on the cross, is buried, raises, rises again, and he now provides salvation, and now he is our righteousness. It's no longer adherence to the law. It's no longer adherence to these ordinances and all of these cleansings and washings and all of these rituals and things. And now the Gentile world now has access to the commonwealth of Israel wow. or the wealth that is common, Right, right? So now we're heirs of the covenants of promise joint heirs with Christ, the seed of Abraham, the Gentile world is brought in. And God then begins to move on his disciples after he leaves, one specifically being Peter, where he shows up to in Acts chapter 10. Mm -hmm. Cornelius is praying, some devout man. He's doing what he can to be right. And God comes to Peter, gives him a vision in a trance, shows him this sheet with all of these creatures. He's struggling with it. Right. Because he's like, well, how can I call, I can't call because that off. Because of all. what he was yeah. taught. Because what he of what learned. he's taught, yeah. Yep. He's filtering the vision through his his training and through what he's learned, through right. his race and through his religious right. kind of prejudice, if you would. Yep. And God breaks it down and gets through to Peter. Peter goes to Cornelius' house, which is the first instance we have in Scripture where the gospel is now going to go to the Gentile world. And, of course, Philip goes to the Ethiopian eunuch. And we see God opening up the door to the Gentile world. And people think that, they think in some kind of way that this gap between Jew and Gentile was some small thing. Like it was not, no, this was bigger than what we deal with today. Well, because it was a whole new dispensation. Absolutely.
0: You know, a lot of people use those scriptures and say, see, even Peter was racist and had to, no, Peter was not a racist. Peter was just short-sighted or ignorant. No. Didn't know and I will even go a step to say Peter wasn't even ignorant because nobody knew it. Yeah. Nobody uh-uh. understood nobody. The, right. the revelation of the resurrection of Christ right. until Paul came along. Mm-hmm. And he was the one anointed to talk about the new covenant. Jesus told them about it. But they couldn't comprehend it. No, they couldn't. And so we're talking about a whole new dispensation yes. where the Word had talked about my only covenant people are Jewish people mm-hmm. or the Hebrew people. So that's all you know. Yeah. Then Christ comes along <laughs> and he says, wait a minute, now you got to open the door to everybody. And they were like, now wait a minute, you, you <laughs> should have stuck around and really taught and explained this to yeah. us. <laughs> you know, and so... And so, no, it wasn't an issue like Peter was racist and thought he was better than that. I I don't accept that. That's not biblical. No, he didn't understand that there was a change Mm -hmm. of covenant. He didn't understand that. No, now... This thing Mm -hmm. is open to everybody. And that's what Jesus was trying to teach them Mm -hmm. with the Syrophoenician woman, with the woman at Samaria. He was trying to teach them, you know, no matter what you've been taught. Now, I'm bringing in a whole Mm. new covenant that everybody's going to have a seat at the table. Everybody's going to be welcome.
1: And that's the powerful thing about it. And so,
0: Peter, once they got that revelation, of course, they came out of it. And so... And so that was a situation of, of ignorance. Now, today, when you use that, when you were talking, it dawned on me how it doesn't matter what you've been taught. Let's just take the situation of Peter. Yeah. If you're Caucasian, it doesn't matter what house you grew up in. There we go. And you <laughs> were taught, you know, we don't marry black people. You know, we don't, we don't hang out with black people. You can go to school with them. You can learn. But we don't really live life together, you know. And... And, you know, you, you stick with your own kind and, you know, those black people are, are lazy or whatever. And they don't want to, you know, have a productive life. Mm-hmm. You know, they're animals, they're this. So, so, say you've been taught all of that and you're mm-hmm. Caucasian. Yeah. But then you come down to the, to the church altar. Mm-hmm. And then you pray the sinner's prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Jesus comes into your heart. It doesn't matter what you were taught. Mm. It doesn't matter what your father said, your grandfather said, your mother said. Once you are in Christ now, you got to leave all of that alone. Mm. And you got to count it dumb. You got to. What things were gained to me. If I thought I was superior, I count it lost now.
1: There we go. If
0: I thought (laughs) I was better, I got to give it up now. What things Mm -hmm. were gained to me, I counted them lost. Because I can't come into Christ now, who is love, and bring that with me. Can't do it. And so then, (laughs) now, you're African American. Yes. Yes. And you have suffered (laughs) discrimination. You have suffered racism. You have suffered people saying you wasn't this, wasn't that. Couldn't get in. So you've been abused and you've been ostracized. You've been hurt. Mm. But then you come to the altar. Yes, Lord. And then you let Jesus come in your heart. Yes, sir. You play the sinner's prayer. Now when you come in to the body of Christ, you got to let all of that go. Yes, sir. You want to know why? Because now... Whatever was said about you is no longer your identity. Say that, brother. So how, how, there is no oppression for you. No, sir. Because I don't even have an identity as a black person. And, and if we just come on to Jesus yes, <laughs> sir. and get in Jesus and lose <laughs> all of these things that we were taught, that we experienced and say, once I'm in Christ, I got to let all that go. Mm. That I don't see myself as a Jew, as a Gentile, as a black man, as a white man. I see myself as a child of God. We Mm. are now
1: children of God. And, and And the powerful thing about it, I can dump all of that. I can dump whether it was gain, whether it was detrimental, whatever it was for me, whatever it was to me. I can dump all of that now. Because I don't need it anymore to make my way. Yeah. Because now I'm a new creation in him. And it don't matter. Nothing can stop me. It don't matter whether whether it does not matter. Nothing can stop me. Societal uh, issues, their limitations, their prejudice, their preferences, their tendencies... Nothing can stop the born-again man or woman from achieving their destiny in God. Because God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? You could stack the whole world. That's Romans 8. (laughs) And it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. It would not matter. And see, and this is the thing where God has. Now, it doesn't mean as a Christian person, I don't then look out at my world. And stand for, you know, yeah, and not stand against injustice. And I mobilize my Christianity, civically engage myself to deal with things, to be an extension of God's common grace to a world that may never receive him like me. But here's how you do it, though. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Even the
0: more so those of us Mm -hmm. who have received the identity in Christ should engage civically. Yes. And should fight oppression, should fight. Um, segregation should should fight it all, but here's how we fight. Mm. We fight with this truth.
1: Mm. Yes, sir.
0: See, that's that's that that we that's we it. come from a place of in Christ.
1: Yes, sir. We
0: don't come from a place fussing about political parties. We don't come from a place looking for politicians to fix it. We don't come from a place come of on, anger man. and bitterness and frustration. On, no, we coming. Yeah. But we're not coming the way the world coming. We're coming in love. Yeah. We're coming in truth. We're coming in revelation to get people to understand that if you make the leap into Christ, mm-hmm. then you can't be in Christ and then have all of these, these issues. You know, I made a statement the other day that that people say, you know, we gotta get racism out the church. And, you know, dealing with all this racism among Christian people. Yeah. And I begged to differ because I said, that's an oxymoron. Oh. How are we going to get racism out of the church? If you're the church, there ain't no racism in it.
1: <laughs>
0: How are we going to get racism oh, out of Christianity? Yeah. How are we going to get saying. racism out of Christianity? Well, that's an oxymoron. It ain't in there. Because if you're in Christ... You shouldn't have no race, racism in you, mm-hmm. which means we're looking at the wrong people. Yeah. Everybody that say they're saved, everybody that say they're in church, and I'm not here to judge people. I'm just saying you can't be Christ-like. Come on, man. I'm not using it as a term, Christian. See, that's what we've done. Yes, We made Christianity a term. Wow. We made it a religious identification. No, yeah. no, being called a Christian no, no more makes you like Christ. Mm. Than being called a Porsche makes you a car. <laughs> I mean, no, if you are born, if you are in Christ, and if you yes. are Christ like, mm. you cannot be Christ like mm. and then not love your brother yes. as Christ we, we told know you we to do. It. From death unto we unto know, life. and that's scripture. That's we Bible. know we pass, that's First John, we know we pass from death unto life because, because we, love. we love the brother. Yes. He who hates his brother does not abide in Christ, he abides in death. And so this, this is where people got to get really real. Yes, sir. Because if you have really, <laughs> wow. really been born again, mm-hmm. and you have really put on Christ, then these things are born in you. Mm-hmm. They're born. in It doesn't mean you don't see color. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. you don't distinguish your culture and your race among people. But it does say that I no longer see myself superior or inferior to you. Oh. I no longer treat you like you are superior or inferior. I treat you as my brother and sister in Christ because mm-hmm. there, all of our status is in him. Yes, sir. And once we can come out of that And then take that message to the world and model it. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's when change happens. It's it's not going to happen because we've been fussing and fighting and all of that for the last 60 years. Mm. And it seems we're making no headway, you know, because you want to know why? Because it's spiritual. Mm. You can't have reconciliation (sighs) Mm. without the reconciler. You can't do it. It takes Christ. <laughs> so if we really it. want to change this, we gotta preach Christ. You have to. We I'm getting excited. <laughs> we gotta preach Jesus. We gotta get out here and preach. There is no Jew, no Gentile, no, no bun, no free. All of the fussing about class, mm-hmm. because I would submit to you that we have just. Uh, I mean, I believe the issue is just as big as a class issue. Oh, no doubt. Is As it
1: is as a race issue. Oh, God, yes.
0: And I'm going to tell you why I feel that way. It's because it doesn't matter what color you are. Come on. If you got enough money, mm. you get treated different. Oh, yes. <laughs> you get treated different. Oh, yeah. For instance, there have been, you know, we're talking about this police brutality issue. There have been policemen, I mean, documented by the hundreds. The tapes are all out there. Mm-hmm. Where they stop African American men,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then find out—did uh, you know that was that was the running back for the <laughs> for the
1: Falcons? <laughs> and
0: then all of a sudden, it's a little different. They let them go. Did you did you know that was uh, you know an actor? Mm-hmm. You know, a- and then they let them go, which means this this is not about your color. Mm-hmm. This is about the way I see you. Yeah. This is about the, the value I place on you. This is a class issue. Oh, absolutely. This is a class absolutely. issue. And so all of those oh, lines, man. man, we, we no, run it out no, of time. No, no, we, gotta go. pre- we got oh, to go. It's 1245. We got to go. We got to go. But listen, when you're in Christ, I don't care if you're rich mm-hmm. or I don't care if you don't have a dime. I can't look at the person on the street different than I look at somebody in a penthouse or in a mansion on Beverly Hills. Yes sir. And until we can do that. Until we can deal with we're going to pick up right here next week. We we got to go. Because there's a the race, then there's the class because people treat people different. Oh yes sir. Based on class. Absolutely.
1: It oh. Is, it is it is a greater chasm between the haves and have-nots than it is a race and color.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to pick up right there next week. Listen, y'all, we're out of time. Share this. Get this information (laughs) out. We are one in Christ. There is no black, nor white. We are one. You got to count all things you thought were gained. You got to count them (sighs) loss Mm. for Christ Jesus. And we are one in Christ. That's the message that we need to get out. That's the word that we need to take to the world to fight all inequality, all injustice and all spirits of division. See you next week. Be blessed. I pray you were blessed by today's podcast. Take a moment and subscribe to it and review it and share it with someone else so that we can
1: stay connected. Be blessed.